0: Rob and Zach, this is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel, most times they crash hard into the realm of obscurity.
1: Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And this month on Cinemodities, we have a new series, which we are aptly titling uh, the Pure Cinemodities series, I believe. Do we have any other names for it, Zach? All we know is you inject it straight into your veins and you just you ride the dragon. Oh yes, yes. When we say pure, we definitely mean hundred percent. And when we say uncut, pure, you know, it's um it's that bright blue stuff from breaking bad, and it is just pure cinemodities. And that's what we're saying. This is not a misnomer. We are right off the bat saying that every film we discuss this month in this series is a cinemodity. So we're kind of going to remove that part of the discussion uh, from the equation, and we're going to delve into some more, I don't know, uh, intriguing things to discuss with something that is known to be a cinemotity. I think we'll still have to discuss a little bit of late night movie, right, Zach? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. But we are definitely saying 100% that those things we are discussing or will be discussing this month are cinemodities. So strap in. It's going to be a wild ride because we are starting with probably the purest of all cinemodities. It has yet to be released, but it is Marvel's Black Widow movie. I am (laughs) so excited that Marvel is going in the direction of not only doing something intriguing with the character of Black Widow, but they are bold enough to not even put the Marvel Studio logo anywhere in the film. How crazy is that?
0: (laughs) They got really audacious after Endgame.
1: Yes. Yes. So uh, while I while I am joking, we do not have the Black Widow movie and I I don't think it would be or will be anywhere near as good as this film. I can only imagine that this is the best possible version of a Black Widow movie we could ever get. And it is Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. So this one, uh, this pure cinemodity, which came out in 2014, I believe, Zach, you can correct me if I'm wrong. uh, This was pitched to me by Zach a long, long time ago. He said, oh, you have to check this movie out. Uh, he, he loved it. He thought it was crazy to some extent. I'm sure he'll expand on with his history. And I have since watched it three times. The first time, I don't think I was in the right mindset. I think I didn't really get what I un- understood, what I was getting myself into with this film. Um, but, you know, I like certain aspects of it. But overall, I was like, oh, okay. I watched it again, uh, maybe I don't know, a year ago, I think when we were discussing, talking about it even earlier on this podcast, and I loved it, and then when I watched it again for this recording, I loved it once again. So, Zach, thank you for introducing me to Under the Skin, and I guess now I have to turn it over to you and, and why you felt that this was should be the kickoff to our Pure Cinemodities series.
0: Oh, man, folks, you hear that? It's a Zach context story. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Cinemati's discussion without a Zach context story. So, yes, I remember the first time I ever heard about this film was actually I was in the theater. I was still in college. And I was seeing Spike Jones's Her. Okay. Is that what it's called? The one where it's Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson's, the vo- like the Siri voice? Yeah, Her. Yep. And I was in the theater to see that. And I get a trailer for this movie. Never heard of it before And I'm watching it And I'm like good god And it was one of the few times in my life Where I had wished the film that I was seeing The preview for was the actual
1: film i was sitting down in the theater to go see like you didn't want to wait you didn't want to wait to see this other movie you were like okay i'm sold sell it to me now
0: it's (laughs) like yes it's like okay like press play it's like it's kind of like what was it starship troopers where they have all those things it's like it's like we are currently winning the battle on like arrakis against the the so-and-so would you like to know more and it's like i'm like yes i want this it's like okay i'm ready um, it's like going to a, like a, a restaurant. And they're telling you like like the special of the day. I'm like, okay, I'll have that. That sounds lovely. And and Spike Jones is is a weird movie. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's fair to say that it's not as weird as this. Um, another weird thing about that thing was that it's the first time ever that the uh, movie theater lost power while I was in the theater. Oh, so like while in the middle of the movie, and I was the only one in the theater for that. The only person. <laughs> And the entire theater just went pitch black dark. And I'm sitting there in the pitch black, being like, Well, this is a little spooky. <laughs> this like, is it for me. <laughs> it's like this is it, this is how I'm going to die during a Spike Jones film. How odd. Um, or oddly fitting for a Spike Jones film plot. So, but no, and this is funny, the guy came and he's like, Are you all right? And I'm like, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I guess that was their first concern. I was like, I was the only person in there. Um but no, that was my first interaction with this And like, I, I first like, I went and researched Because I think even in the trailer It was like one of those weird types of trailers Where they had already screened it for critics okay. like, I guess this was I think this came out in 2013 And like it premiered at like I think the Toronto International Film Festival I could be wrong about that So like I had like all like the critics Like pull quotes like This film sure. will change the way you get into like bathtubs And it's like okay like this is like you will never look At a gorgeous woman driving like an Inconspicuous white van ever again (laughs) And it's like Okay then like one of them was like the heir To the Stanley Kubrick throne And I'm like okay you have my attention Like that Mm -hmm. it's like okay where do I sign on And so I don't I'm trying to think because then I think it was during that summer because like at that point I don't think I had any like tentative like video on demand release date or like a Blu-ray like home video and I'm like okay so I eventually found like, like a, a bootleg copy online and I watched it and I'm like oh boy. I'm like, oh, I guess I, I remember just thinking to myself, like watching it, especially the end, because I don't want to give anything away too early. Like, mm-hmm. like there is going to be a firm spoiler warning before we get into like specific plot points of this. Sure. Um, but like, I get to the ending and I'm like, sold. I'm like, I'm like, you know what, man? Like, this is possibly the. W-. I think my my thoughts were, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen since Eraserhead. Like that was that was my initial thoughts when it was over. I'm like this is this is the air to the like eraser head like oh good lord what am I getting myself into mm-hmm. um type like experience and then eventually it came out on Blu-ray I got a copy of it like Barnes and Noble for like I think like eight dollars and even like recently like looking up some I think Best Buy has it for like five dollars it's not a hard movie to get it's not a very expensive movie to get like it's it's widely accessible if you really want to get it. Um but yeah and then like I remember recommending it to Rob. I think I think Rob has like a Facebook message somewhere From like 2014 probably <laughs> Being like Rob you need to watch Under the skin it'll alter your life And then like I think well, I think the next time I saw you was like in January of 2015 I'm like Rob did you watch it and He's like yes but I think I was too drunk or high so I don't really <laughs> understand I don't remember a single Thing that happened in it and then, like, it became like I think it became like a running joke where it was like, oh, it's like I, I need to rewatch the game." But I remember I don't remember a single thing, but I remember liking it. And yeah, the- I, I
1: think I think it was I was not in the mindset uh, of ready for the pacing of it the first time I watched it. But when I kind of, you know, sat down and focused on the whole thing, I was it, it definitely absorbed me and I was just enveloped into this kind of world that this movie creates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's.
0: Yeah, this this is a unique movie, I think it's it's fair to say.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how we want to discuss this. Well, I definitely, I do have some specific scenes I want to talk about. I think there's a lot of um, things left up to interpretation that we can get into. But as you said, you didn't want to give away too much stuff, um, you know, until we get into a firm spoiler warning or whatever. Um, But I would say a good way that i have kind of perceived this movie and yes it's a very unique movie um and there's a lot of uh, probably nuance and depth to it that we're going to get into but Mm -hmm. the last two times i've watched this i've definitely kind of considered this stranger danger the movie like don't (laughs) talk to don't talk to anybody else that you don't know because it's like from every perspective something bad is happening when you're talking to strangers
0: (laughs) yeah pretty much um A quick correction, it was not the Toronto Film Festival, it was the Telluride Film Festival. August 2013 was when it premiered, so uh, I got the year right, but I got the festival wrong.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Dirty lashes for me.
1: Dirty lashes. (laughs) We're going to dock your paycheck. (laughs) Oh, man. And with, like I said, some, or maybe as Zach said, some of the, uh, the eraser head stylizations thrown in there. Um, especially, you know, I think with the very beginning of the movie, we just have kind of the pinprick of light and the crazy uh, orchestra going like nails on a chalkboard and it just kind of very slowly just takes over from there. So that, that's kind of how I've always seen this. Is, would you say this movie is somewhat about stranger danger as well, or I guess body insecurity? I also got some of that sense from this film, like just being unsure of your own body as a, as a being, not necessarily human. Yes and no, there's a lot going on in this
0: mm-hmm. And it's
1: also, it feels very similar In a way to like something like Vox, Lux
0: Or Spring Breakers But I feel the filmmaker In this case, Jonathan Glazer, the director of this Has has a vision yes. And I think there is the idea of Maybe not, I think it's the idea of the human Experience and obviously the title being Under the skin, so there is a level of just being Oh god Because um, in this film we get numerous different Vantage points of different like entities and beings mm-hmm. and what it's like to like live a day in their life. And I think that's part of it too. I think there's like, like a level of like intersubjectivity where it's like just like being in another person's like shoes for a day.
1: Okay. okay. And I think that's
0: what eventually dooms the Scarlett Johansson character. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I think there's a lot of ways. There's, a, there's many different lenses to look at this.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And that uh, I think that will be a common theme of uh, what we discuss on uh, the Pure uh series. <laughs> so I guess
0: we should now put in place our like firm spoiler warning. If you have not seen this, go
1: check it out.
0: Like, do not do not ruin. Do not let us ruin this movie for you.
1: Yes. And and likely, if you have not seen this and you listen to our, us discussing it, it may be difficult to understand what we're discussing. <laughs>
0: That is fair to say.
1: All right. So I guess now that we're in spoiler area, I want to get it out of the way very early because uh, I'm I'm sure that, you know, we don't usually go down this road too often when it comes up. But did you know that this is based very loosely off of a book, Zach? I did not. Okay. So the book is also called Under the Skin. Um, if I remember correctly, I think his name was Michael Faber. That's who wrote it. It was from 2000. Um, the book is much more Plot heavy, <laughs> whereas there's certainly a story and under the skin, the film uh, it's it's very much like Zach said. A lot of stuff is going on, and and a lot of these themes are intermingled. Um, but I think Zach hits the nail on the head when he said, as he said earlier, the book from the little I've looked into it, the book is very much about an alien coming to Earth as the woman to like capture men um, for reasons for their alien overlords and she kind of realizes or experiences the human condition and what that does to her and dooms her. So that's kind of, I would say like the biggest part of the book that they took into this movie, um, or at least the, one of the biggest themes from it. Yeah, that's yes, exactly.
0: <clears throat> Cause it's very dreamlike. Like there's almost oh, like, a oh, yeah. sur- it, it's a very surreal film yet. That's part of the thing where it's kind of, you have a sweet and sour element of this where mm-hmm. you have that blending of the surreal with, Real world like Oh god what would you call it Candid footage
1: Yes Yeah And
0: somehow They've seamlessly Like spliced those two together Those two elements of the film Where you're never ever It's never jarring Like going from like, oh, like clearly there are scenes in this, which again to the behind the scenes stuff. They just like had her driving around, had like a giant van. And the reason why she has the giant van is so they could place all these cameras and essentially have like a camera crew in the back of the van to monitor all like the cameras to make sure. And then they obviously had their actors that would get in the car with her. Or they Mm -hmm. would pay them or they would like they would pay them after the fact. Like once they like, okay, she gets like they get into the car, whatever. And that's probably, the, I think, probably the, the, the most surreal part of this film is the fact is how it shouldn't work. Like, on paper, you would read that in, like, a logistics, like, if you were a producer, you'd be like, oh, my God, like, h- how are we going to, sit to reconcile all these elements? Yeah. And then you look at it, like, you were saying the idea of the concept being about the human condition— and it's like, oh, like, that's not a hard story to tell. But then you're introducing this whole new element or this really kind of like novel aspect into it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't doubt that it's done before, like having like, oh, God, candid footage spliced into a movie. But to do it, this kind of level with an A-list actress, like, like apparently Scarlett Johansson filmed this like right after the Avengers came out. Oh, so, okay. she, so she was ubiquitous. Yeah. So, like, and so, in a weird way, I can, that's one of the things, like, they had some really good, like, behind the scenes feature stuff on the Blu ray. And it's like, so, like, how do we make Scarlett Johansson, like, how do we keep her pretty, yet high enough of her that people don't instantly, like, recognize her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time, don't, like, make her look homely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And I, I like what you said earlier where we have this kind of blend of, Of the dreamlike footage with the real world candid footage and and you're right it isn't jarring it's almost like you know they blend so well together where it's kind of like oh this is this is the reality this is the human condition and then all of the more surrealist aspects are beautiful to look at beautiful to listen to but it it fits together kind of you know from that sense of this otherworldly creature experiencing humanity it's great
0: yeah and that's and I think that's like Again we talk about like, we don't know how Because this movie's been out now for almost five Years and yet like we look Back at things like Spring Breakers Or Vox Lux where it's like Okay Vox Lux is still young Enough we don't know mm-hmm. how It's going to hold up in a couple of years but then we look at Spring Breakers and it's like okay the novelty of like Selena Gomez wearing a bikini eh, That's that's kind of not there anymore We've kind of lost that, that novelty Factor Sure. whereas with this it's I don't think I think it holds up, but that's the weird, not the weird thing, but that's really the kind of one of the more profound elements of this film, is that, like, nothing really has fallen apart about it in the last five years.
1: Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's weird. You
0: don't really see this movie talk. You know how Rob usually asks me every episode. It's like, Zach, what's the pulse on this movie? Like, like, or what's the public's, like, like perception of this? And it's like, I don't think there is one. Like, that's <laughs> that's what's so weird, too. Like, you have Scarlett Johansson in a movie like this, like, during her like I don't want to say her prime, because her prime is still going on right now. But like she's coming off the Avengers. Like this comes out like I think like like a month or, or God, maybe within a couple of weeks of <laughs> Captain America the Winter Soldier. And yet like it just got completely ignored.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, even um In in the circles of crude people that I know, I don't even hear people (laughs) describe this movie as the as the film where you get to see Scarlett Johansson naked. Like that doesn't yeah,
0: that that's another strange thing. It's like like you'd think, especially in today's culture, like all we do is try to find like naked pictures of celebrities, whether it be like through like their early years where they had to like like show some skin to like make it in in the business, Mm -hmm. or it's like leaked photos or stuff that's like like taken illegally. Um, this is something like that, where it's like, again, yeah, you'd think it'd be another element of this film that would really like on paper. This is like, it feels like a slam dunk of a film. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, okay, not slam dunk is in like, oh, this is gonna make like a $40 million opening weekend. But like, this feels like a film that's just like waiting for an audience to find it.
2: Mm, mm-hmm. It's, it's in a
0: very similar space is like, I feel like trapped in the closet where it's like, this is just prime for an audience.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure from what Zach, the little you've told me, you know, before this discussion, this has somewhat of a, a critical following. But like we've been saying, you know, no one really talks about it uh, at all. I, at least, you know, I don't hear about it except from Zach.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like even like Jonathan Glazer is a filmmaker. It's like you don't see a lot of like, like, oh, God, who's the guy that we talked about who did Sicario? The guy with the weird name, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, that's not him. Oh, my God, what's his name? Oh, Oh, yeah, I know... Uh, Denis Villeneuve. There we go. John, sure, sure. Yeah. John Claude Van Damme. That's 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 Denis Villeneuve's new, uh, new name. <laughs> um, like I keep, like every time like something happens like in Hollywood, like you'll be like, oh, like every time that like live action Akira movie comes up in conversation, it's like, oh, who's going to direct it? Is it going to be John Claude Van Damme? Is it going to be Jordan Peele?
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: like, why isn't nobody talking about Jonathan Glazer? It's like, yeah. like th- this just feels like somebody who knows what they're doing. I accomplished a Herculean task, got Scarlett Johansson in public, took, like, super, super, super surreal footage, combined it with, like, candid footage from, like, a GoPro, like, mounted inconspicuously in, like, the dashboard of, like, a giant-ass van, made it all make sense, or it makes as much sense as he intends it to, Mm
2: -hmm. and yet, like,
0: we just, like, nope, we don't talk about him anymore, and it's, like, or not even anymore, it's, like, we never talked about him
1: yeah yeah you're right i mean uh, i in preparation for this i even looked uh at other things that he's done and it's only like what two two or three other films and then i saw a lot of commercials in his credits
0: <laughs> yeah that, that's essentially it like he i guess this was his shot like i think this movie cost like 13 million dollars to make
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and yeah it just it never got the traction it deserved
1: All right. Until now, right? (laughs) Until this discussion. Yes.
0: Until Cinemaddys gives it a whopping like four like downloads in like recognition.
1: (laughs) Oh yes. Well, we are saying it is it is a pure cinemaddie. So at least we're agreeing on that. That should maybe bump it up to five, six downloads.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No splitting. I know the splitting always uh, has its detractors.
1: Yes. (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, I think with what we said so far, um, I definitely want to get into some of the specific scenes that I love in this. And I think I've already mentioned that there's a lot of beautiful stuff pairing with the visuals and the um, the the sound. I think the sound editing of this is fantastic. The music, like I mentioned earlier, the orchestra is almost like nails on a chalkboard half the time, and I love that type of stuff. But I think I want to highlight, uh, which I'm sure you have something to say about Zach as well, it's probably my favorite scene in the movie, the beach scene with the couple that drowns <laughs> and the guy that... and. Like, like, there's something about that whole scene. Of course that's your favorite scene, Rob. So distantly, it's beautiful to look at. And, you know, that rocky beach and everything kind of happens where people are hundreds of feet apart or maybe even more. And and it's just, oh, it's just great to watch that scene unfold. I am not
0: surprised in the slightest <laughs> that's a Rob's favorite, like one of Rob's <laughs> favorite
1: scenes. I want, okay.
0: As I was rewatching this, um, I completely. I haven't watched this in a couple of years. Okay. I, I, not that I forgot a lot about it, but like there's certain moments I didn't remember as fondly as others. And I got to that point, and I'm like, oh, Rob's favorite scenes would be the fact that the baby just sits there, and like, and eventually the guy goes back, and the baby's still there. I'm like, oh, that's a Rob scene. Like, if there ever was like a, a scene made for Rob.
1: There it is, and I I think you're you're absolutely right, Zach. That uh, stands out to me, and also the when Scarlett Johansson is like dragging the the guy's body along the beach, and the babies in the background just shrieking like a banshee. Like that—that that is, I am on board with that, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that—that that seems like a Rob moment. Like that's like a slam dunk. Like okay, Rob—Rob's found his niche.
1: Yep. So I do have to ask. Maybe you—you you know better than I would. Um, but I, I tried to look back a little bit, and I couldn't really tell because that whole—you know—scene. Scarlett Johansson is on the beach. She sees that guy from what Czech Republic and is trying to seduce him or whatever. But he <laughs> hears screaming. He runs down. And the, the woman of the couple is, like, going out to sea to, to get something. Do you know what that is? Is that a dog? Is that another human? Like, why does that woman go out to sea at the beginning when she gets caught in the current?
0: <sighs> I think it's a dog. I'm pretty okay. certain it's a dog.
1: Yeah, this time when I watched it, I tried to, like, look at it, and it looks like it's some type of dog. And, the, the you know, because we only get to see it from huge distant shots, and it's in the waves and everything. It looks like there's, like, a black and white dog's head sticking out.
0: Yeah, th- that's what it seems like.
1: OK, OK, because I do know that when after this happens, Scarlett Johansson is in the van in traffic and she hears the radio broadcast about these people going missing and they only mentioned one kid with them. So I'm, I'm guessing it was a dog or, or an inanimate object. But
2: hmm. yeah,
1: I mean, because that's it seems like to me, if you're out on one of those crazy beaches like that, you know, that's one of the first rules you should know is, you know, don't just go jumping into the current.
0: <laughs> no, that's usually if it's not number one. It's at least
1: rule number two or three. Yeah, <laughs> and don't uh, don't turn your back to Scarlett Johansson either.
0: <laughs> no, that's pretty sure that's what happened to Jeremy Renner in Avengers Endgame.
1: Ah, uh-huh. see, all yes. I needed
0: to do was to defeat her was to push her over a cliff.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's who hasn't seen alert. that movie yet? Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the grosses, no one. <laughs> There's only two people in existence who are like, I don't know anything about this movie, and I'm proud of it. And guess what? <laughs> We just ruined it for you. Now you know <laughs> something about it.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So, like, no, that's that's a scene that stands out because the fact that, like, okay. Because we, the weird thing, too, is that, like, you have her dragging the body. Mm-hmm. And, like, the baby's sitting there. And then, like, we cut, we go back there, like, like a few hours later as the motorcycle guy who I know in the – I wish I remembered it. In the behind-the-scenes stuff, they have a name for him. Like, he's called, like, the bad man.
1: Ah, okay
0: like it's a really interesting it's a very like a uh, less is more type name and yet we go back to that scene or that that location again
1: yeah and the baby
0: is still there
1: oh yeah what's that uh what's that george carlin bit where he's like you take your kid you put it on a street corner and you leave for a while if you come back and your kid's gone then you you know your kid's going to live a good life. If the kid's still there, it's a stupid kid and you should get rid of it. That type of thing. That's well, what it made me think of because the baby is just still sitting there when it's dark out.
0: <laughs> we'll insert the clip here. Well, I figured we can't do George Carlin justice, so we'll
3: insert the clip here. Raising a child is not difficult. They try to make it into this mysterious, difficult test. Nothing to it. Easiest thing in the world to raise a kid if you follow the steps. First step, You take the kid and you put him out on the street corner and you leave him there. You come back a week later. If the kid is still there, you got yourself a stupid fucking kid.
0: It's funny. I completely forgot about this until just recording this right now is that like back in 2000, Yeah or yeah February of 2015 I actually wrote a much like real Scary stories I wrote like a review On the first half of the film
1: Oh okay
0: so there's there's more Nonsense out there if if Zach nonsense If anyone's ever interested (laughs) Um, Get ready for the Terminator Genesis episode folks there's gonna be Another review reference that I wrote Four years ago (laughs) Um, But no like one of the things I think is interesting about this I forgot about it again watching it today Or in preparation for this Was the very beginning of the film, after we have like all the geometric shapes like forming, mm-hmm. we have the scene where we have like I'm guessing it's like I don't know how you would describe it. Scarlett Johansson Prime laying on the floor, and we have alien Scarlett Johansson disrobing her. Yes. So is it fair to assume that obviously this alien took the appearance? Of, of this human being that looks like Scarlett Johansson. And because I know at one point. While Scarlett Johansson Prime. Is laying on the floor. Being forcibly disrobed. Mm-hmm. it's She's blinking.
1: Yes. And there's I think there's a tear that rolls down. At the very end yes. of something like that. Yes. Yeah.
0: Toward the very end of that sequence. And so my question is. I guess not to get into the, the mechanics of this world. It's like okay. They captured this woman. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, they don't have the ability to do, like, obviously they don't have. Because at one point we see her go clothes shopping.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. She gets the makeup and stuff like that, yeah. And
0: so, I guess, okay.
1: For those of you who have not watched this film and are
0: listening anyway, I guess we should try to describe what happens in this film. (laughs) Right? Like, we have to give some, like, I don't want to say synopsis because we're going to do a very bad job of that. But basically the plot of the film, If there's many quotation marks around the word plot. Yes is it begins with geometric shapes. Scarlett Johansson is disrobing another Scarlett Johansson. She, like, goes throughout... I think they say, what,
1: Scotland? Uh, Yeah, I think it's Scotland. Scotland. Um, The only... I I think when I looked it up, or I saw it at the end of the credits, it was Scotland, but I definitely know it's Scotland by how sheerly incomprehensible some of the (laughs) accents there are to me in this movie. Like, there's some (laughs) scenes where I don't know. I don't... You could... Make me watch it over and over and I'm gonna be like, I have no clue what they're talking about. <laughs>
2: I'm looking for the M8. Uh, uh, aye, you've got to go see how long that we, and well, This has gotta be pure hard to explain. Do you know what that is does? No. Yeah, uh, I don't even know why you're pointing it. what? See if you just drive straight
0: along up there? Yes. Yeah. And see the traffic lights up, out Um, yeah, there's like, like this is a movie where you kind of need subtitles for no other reason, to make sure you're hearing everything that they're saying, yeah. And so, Scarlett Johansson in a giant, inconspicuous white van drives through, like, what would you call it, like urban Scotland,
2: mm-hmm. stops
0: men on the side of the road, like, tries to seduce them, like, a weird, like, seducing in a way where I think most do to be like, there's something off about this, like, I, I want to hit that but I got a bad feeling about this.
1: Yeah, because she she starts, like, every interaction, well, she'll you know, it'll seem normal, but then she'll throw in stuff like, oh, do you have family? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you live by yourself? And it's like, yeah, that should set off some red flags. Yeah, it's like I, I know you might be desperate, but you know what? You're not that desperate. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So she goes, she, like, seduces, I don't even want to say seduces, but, like, she convinces these men to follow her. She takes them into, like, is it the same abandoned house, or is it a different abandoned house each time?
1: I think it's the same the same one. It seems it, to me, at least um, with the few shots we get of the uh, exterior. But, you know, okay. I think that... Well, you know, they, they don't really show off that mirror that she looks into... That's what uh, I mean. Until, I, like, the last one, yeah.
0: Yeah, because, like, I think... I, at one point in the behind-the-scenes, like, features, they talk about, like, oh, we had to go looking for, like, numerous dilapidated houses. And I'm like, oh... Oh, I'm like, so there's so like, it's the idea that, like, okay, it doesn't matter, which I guess adds to the surreal nature of the films. Like, she doesn't need like one place. Yeah. It's like the, like, okay, before we get into that part of it. So she (laughs) brings these men back to like a dilapidated house. And as she does this, like, she's like, does like a weird, like, off putting, but like sexy walk as she like takes off like her blouse. Her jeans and the guys are like Following behind her as they disrobe And it's like each step as they take like Their pants off their shirt their socks their shoes They sink into like this murky Black abyss
1: Mm -hmm. I think is the
0: best Way to describe
1: it yeah very very tar Tar like
0: very tar like But also again it's it's Liquidy because I don't think there's any other better way To describe it Mm -hmm. but also There's like no splash they just literally Like slowly like walk Into this like abyss into nothing. yeah
1: yeah, definitely. and then like
0: as soon as they completely submerge themselves, she turns around is able. Actually, I should point out that she's able to walk on this, and they can't. Mm-hmm. And I guess again adds to the surreal nature. of this. So in the mo- moment they're completely, they vanish. She turns around, just slowly picks up her clothing, and rinse, the lather, repeat until we basically get to the second half of the film.
1: Yeah, well, one of the one of the guys. Does dance towards her while she's walking. The dude she picks up at the club or whatever, he's like doing um, that little dance as he's walking. I he's thought that was funny. Jig, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you guess again, we get numerous scenes of her, like, picking up these guys, and it's all done, like, in different ways. Like, one, Like most of them are through the van, and, then, like, one of them, like, Rob says it, like, in a nightclub. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much in, like, the last time she picks up a guy, which is, is, is a full crumb of the entire film. Mm hmm. Um, but we'll kind of wait to get. It. I guess I guess we'll kind of like dissect this like in, in the first half and second half because it kind really it becomes a very different movie in the second half.
1: Yeah, I think the second half is where I get more of the uh, body insecurity vibe that I mentioned earlier. The first half is much more of the stranger danger stuff. There, I love that scene where it's like she's out on the town trying to pick up men to go do whatever you know black tar dance, and there's that the one group of people that try and like rob her you know they like try to get her roll down the window and then all the guys come up to the van and i really liked that that kind of comparison where you know she's out on the prowl but so are other people and i think that's where you know we we do kind of get the start of the the bleeding into the human condition stuff that she's realizing
0: yeah and and that's again it's the whole idea that she's cuz the, the weird thing is that Scarlett Johansson is deliberately giving a very stoic performance yes and so you never never are able to get a read on what this character is thinking mm-hmm. outside the moment where she saves the last guy. Yeah, yeah. And and that's and that's the weird thing about this, is that like the first half I think is more interesting because it does have that novelty factor or that really kind of novel concept of just bouncing the candid footage and the idea of just like her luring men into her trap. Mm-hmm. And I think it does start to lose steam, like halfway. I don't get me wrong, the ending, the ending is bonkers.
1: Oh yeah, but, ending
0: is beautiful, yeah. <laughs> ending is beautifully bonkers. But like I'd say from like that when she saves the last guy until right before that that last like 2 to 3 minutes, the movie slows down, I'd say. Like to the point where it's like okay, you really have to be on board with this as a concept or else you you are checking out.
1: Definitely, cuz that's the whole the whole stuff where um I I've always taken it as the motorcycle people are looking for her to some extent cuz she let the let the deformed guy go. Um, but that's when she's like tr- trying to play house almost with that other guy in like the, the farmland of Scotland or whatever.
0: Yeah. Like she's in the countryside. Yeah. Like, or, or much more further away from the, 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 urban part. And that's, that's the weird thing too, about this movie is like, you think this movie's going in one direction. Cause like you watch this and not to say conventional, cause that's the last thing this movie is, <laughs> but like you watch it. It's like, okay, she lets the deformed guy go. And I guess we haven't again we we right kind of hinted at the character of the motorcycle man. Mm-hmm. And he's this character, and we have like like you know what his role is in this, but you don't know what his role in this is. Yeah. Like like he's yeah. clearly her handler.
1: But at the same But that that's time, all we can really glean from it, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's a handler, and he pretty much disappears halfway through the movie too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's where it's like, okay, she lets the guy go, he tracks down the guy, like, instantaneously kills him. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if she kills him, or, or, or he kills that d- the deformed guy. Like, it's kind of like, he knocks him out, throws him in the trunk, steals a car, and then that's it. He's basically, he drives out of the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And you would think, like, oh, the rest of the movie now is going to be her evading the motorcycle guy. At one point, there's numerous motorcycle guys.
1: Yeah, we get up to like three of them, right?
0: Yeah, they're having a little meeting. (laughs) And it's like, oh, which obviously, I think that's another clever thing too, this movie, is that like, oh, this is a much, it's funny, this movie does more world building than like most like two hundred million dollar blockbusters whose sole <laughs> intent is to world build.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like
0: you have so many blockbusters stuff like oh I'm trying to think off, off the top of my head like like failed blockbusters that like attempted world building, um like Pacific Rim. Okay. Um, the Mummy with Tom Cruise, like these movies that are all being designed for a cinematic universe. Yet that one scene of having three or four motorcycle guys together after like an hour of this movie has more world building in that one moment than the $200 million blockbuster does in its entire runtime.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's
0: like, and that's where it's like, Oh, like clearly somewhere, like numerous other places in Scotland, there are other women luring men to their deaths. Mm, hmm.
1: Hmm. Yep.
0: And, uh, cause that's the thing about this. Like, I feel like this is a film where we could, could go scene by scene, like breaking it down. Cause it is a very dense film. Oh yeah. but, I guess, like, so, again, that's why I mean, like, I don't know how we're going to discuss this in any way that, again, coherence going out the window. <laughs> but it's the idea, like, how do we discuss this in a way so at least we touch on all the the the, the focal points?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of as we're discussing it, I'm realizing that, you know, the, the different types of things we see in this movie do kind of boil down to uh, basics. Not, you know, basic concepts, not really what we see as basic. But, you know, we have all the shots which are lights and shapes and colors and things like that you know that, that shot with it's like all gold and all the faces overlap and then Scarlett Johansson's face appears in it um you have a lot of the candid camera scenes that we discussed but those for the most part you know go away for the second half of the movie and then it's and then it's really you know Scarlett Johansson discovering her body to some extent you know we get the the scene where she holds a lamp up to her vagina and the, then it's the end you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like because okay, that's why. Okay, because there are. I guess we can break this film down to three, like three core components. You have the abstract parts. Mm-hmm. You have the candid footage. Then you have the, how can I, for lack of a better term, the conventional narrative part of it. Sure. Where it's like it, it's it's a movie it's, it's yeah. how you expect a movie would, would be going because like yeah. some of the abstract like the abstract stuff is mostly in the beginning i know there's one scene like after one of the guys because there's two like after she's already harvested which i guess we should say she's what she's doing she's harvesting these guys right
1: that's how i've i've taken it for sure and then when i looked into the book that's that's very clearly made a point in the book that she has to go and capture humans. Because they're uh, a delicacy on her home planet or something like that. And so there's some corporation that wants, like, more human meat.
0: So that, and none
1: of that is even slightly hinted
0: at in this. Other than it being, like, an abstract concept.
1: Definitely. Because all we get to see is, you know, there's the, there's the dude who's new to the black tar stuff. And then there's this dude who was there previously. And the guy who was there previously has very, like, loose, baggy skin. It's like he's been soaking in there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of, like, his, his insides out of he existence implodes. yeah and so then we get to see his skin flying through the little area and then we get that kind of shot of what looks like almost a conveyor belt or or a dump or something where the, the his his organs and innards are going
0: well it's not even like when you say organs like it's not like what you'd expect it's like almost like a red slurry
1: oh yeah that's yeah that's a good point it's um almost I remember you know when I watched this and I, it almost gives you the sense of lava like it has that very bright reddish yeah all mixes of hues and things like that absolutely
0: and, and once again have to emphasize this very abstract
1: oh yeah yeah
0: like, like you basically <laughs> like imagine like you have like this conveyor belt and it's completely just illuminated by the red. Slurry guts, go- like you want to call it, and you can't make out that if you belong to a human, it's just it's a slurry. Yeah. and yet you see this conveyor belt, and everything's black. It just everything's black except for this conveyor belt, and it goes directly into this, like almost like a furnace.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: what it is. Like the shot goes on longer than that, but that's essentially what it is. Again, abstract being the key word here. Definitely. Um. Yeah, because you have that, and like essentially, like the guy's skin almost floats further down into this. Abyss as almost like like a ribbon twirling through the air, like yep. it just slowly starts to just like descend as like like in ribbon, and it's just and it goes on again. It's it's very this is very methodically paced. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to say glacial, but it's maybe one or two steps removed from that. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's fair. Yeah, this this exact. Even though it's Scarlett Johansson, this is not a Marvel film. It does not have that that breakneck pace. <laughs> um. Yeah, cuz that's like that's more the abstract stuff. And Again, we get we get some more of the abstract stuff toward the end. Mhm. But yeah, that's that's pretty much a trend. Are there other there's the beginning with the the geometric shapes. There's the disrobing Scarlett Johansson prime. Mhm. There's the red slurry and the guys disin- like imploding in the abyss. Are there any other scenes like that?
1: The only one that comes to mind is the one I briefly mentioned with, um, uh, it's all very gold, very, uh, like, amber colored, and we see, like, a bunch of different shots of people's faces, not Scarlett Johansson's, just humans, and they all kind of overlay, and they start to get faster and faster, and almost look staticky, and then Scarlett Johansson's face kind of pops up in the middle of all of it, and, and I, it's definitely abstract, but I've always kind of taken that as, as maybe the true indication that we're getting into the, you know, she sees humans, they're different, she wants to Know more about the maybe kind of that switch into the the human condition part of the movie.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, you have that. Yeah, and that's I think yeah that, that's pretty much that's all I can think about. Like that's that's in that sort of vein.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The rest is um is is pretty neutral, I guess, in terms of the abstractness <laughs> to uh to you know tie some shots together and scenes and things like that.
0: All right, so let's kind of move in more to the candid footage element of it. Now, obviously, we'll dovetail into the, the the second half of the film because, like, one of the scenes too is like we have her shopping in a shopping mall, mm-hmm. and it's all done candidly. Like, they legit have somebody like following behind her with like a camcorder, like in a like a briefcase or like a pocketbook, and they just have her going like like sh- like a uh, clothes shopping.
1: Yeah, yeah, she. It, uh... it, it, She gets clothes, she gets makeup, and then she's in that car just rolling along.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, it's funny, there's one shot where they have her walking throughout the mall, and there's clearly a Hollister. Okay. And that just took me out of the movie. Like (laughs) that just I'm like, oh God. It's like, like I get, it's because I guess that has such a unique story. I guess if anybody knows Hollister being like what, uh, Oh, God, how would you even describe Hollister now? Is that even popular with the kids anymore? Or do only, like, oh. 30? Do, or only do people like us shop there now, Rob? Do, like, people in their late 20s, early 30s shop there?
1: Yeah, I don't hear anybody talking about it them at all anymore. <laughs>
0: like, it still exists, right? Like, I think
1: it's, the, it's, it's, it's still a chain. I would, yeah, yeah. I, I think so.
0: Yeah, like, it's still around, it, but, like, it has such a unique storefront because, like, it doesn't have a storefront. I think, I think yeah. it's just, like, that weird sort of, like, oh, God, like, Mexican beachfront, like... Mm, mm-hmm. Like house look, it's like oh okay. Like I guess idealize. Obviously, not every uh, beachfront property in Mexico <laughs> looks like that. Yeah. But it it has that look, and I'm like oh god, it took, it took me right out of the movie.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's like it's having a Dunkin' Donuts
0: sign. It's like oh god, it's like it's just so there. It's like <laughs> there, there's there's nothing everyday America about this. We're not even America. That's just so weird. It's, just, it's, it's, it's an, it, that's something too. I think is so weird. It's like we're in Scotland. I do not put Scotland and in, in, in Hollister in the same like a Venn diagram. They are yeah, very not. firmly on other sides of the, of the graph <laughs> or, um, or on the plane I think that sort of stuff Kind of like amuses me more Because I know like later on in the film Where like they have her like walking down a sidewalk And she trips
2: mm-hmm. And clearly
0: somebody's filming it with like The camera like smuggled under their coat And like people start yeah. like helping her up And she's just really like stoic And just like zoned out mm-hmm. And like again that sort of like, I'm more amused by that like that shot bec- or that scene Because like oh you, you were having like real people Looking at your lead ingenue Who's a worldwide celebrity In the face Like yeah. all it takes is like one person to be like That's Scarlett, like, are you Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. <laughs> and that would ruin the take
1: Yep, yep
0: And like that sort of stuff is like really audacious filmmaking Oh, I didn't like, think
1: about it that way, but yeah, that's a great point.
0: Because that's all it takes is one person, and then, like, word gets around. Like somebody goes into a coffee shop mm. or, like, like a cafe, and it's like, oh, my God, you know they're filming a movie around here? Because, like, once—I think they, in the behind-the-scenes stuff, they mentioned that for, like, the nightclub sequence. It's like, we had to do, like, four or five takes of her, like, walking, like, throughout the nightclub. And they're like, how do we do that inconspicuously until eventually somebody knows is what we're doing?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: like, I think about it, like, we have, like, a gorgeous woman, even though she's made up to, like, look a little— Toned down, it's like all it takes is one guy like scoping her out, and you and you've ruined it because the word's gonna spread like wildfire in that nightclub that there's like there's a celebrity there.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yep,
0: and and that's the clever part of this. That again, I I'm shocked that nobody brings up when discussing this film. Yeah, Yeah, why it doesn't make people bring? Because it doesn't like I, I I don't like the. Even though I like to think I have my finger on the pulse of the movie world, I can't. I can't think of the last time a movie tried this sort of like guerrilla filmmaking on on this sort of level. Like anytime you get yeah. guerrilla filmmaking, it's like, oh, we have a budget of like like a quarter of a million dollars.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's
0: not, oh, we have thirteen million dollars. Like, oh, mm-hmm. let's just hide, like, even the extra features they mentioned. Like, why don't we just do extras? And it's like, well, that'd be too easy. It takes a lot of like just the the filmmaking prowess out of it. Sure. Like, sure. you could very easily hire, like, 30, like, people in their 20s, go to, like, a nightclub, like, during, like, it, like 10 in the morning, turn some lights on, get the exact same effect. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: But there, But there is that sort of, like, choreography, even with the best level of choreography, you can't disguise the fact that these people are being instructed how to move in a specific way.
1: Yeah, you're never going to get the same level of realism that you're going to get from what we actually have in this film.
0: Exactly and I think again That's just another aspect of this Is to I like, forget the weird crap That Rob and I like That alone gets us Into the Cinemonies Club Because there really is nothing On this level Ever done like that
1: Yeah that's a That's a good point Yeah like I said I didn't think about it that way Right on
0: Okay other candid shots Like you mentioned We have the scene I guess now we can start talking about How she lures men Into uh The inconspicuous white van
1: She just tells them That she's lost Right <laughs> Pretty <laughs> Basically, much Basically like, That's her icebreaker
0: <laughs> All right, we're gonna to cut to right now. Rob's going to, to tape Rob's gonna stop in the middle of a street corner in Colorado in this car and be like, Excuse me, I'm lost. Can you tell me how to get to uh the highway from here?
1: And they're gonna pause and they're gonna go, I, I'm not sure how to get there. And I'm gonna go, Do you live alone? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you have, you have, have a family? girlfriend? <laughs> oh, like, that'd be, that'd be, I'm surprised there's not like some Like that's a sort of like viral filmmaking Or viral marketing that should have been like attached to this It's like have a bunch of I guess it begs begs for lawsuits But like that's something I would imagine Like do you remember Rob like I think this is like back like in the mid 2000s Wasn't it like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force Like marketing thing where like, they put a bunch of like Oh God! And they put like billboards up that's like we're gonna blow up a hospital or something.
1: Oh, and, like, and they yeah they put up the um the the eight bit like Moon-a-Night silhouettes and then everybody was like the Boston bomb scare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I feel like. like
0: Viral marketing is clever, but like, I feel like there's gotta be something they could do with this being like, have you seen this woman? Like she's asking like men to like do, there's gotta be something like that you could do with this.
1: Like a, like a, like a faux wanted poster or something of like, you know, watch out for this person type of thing just to get the, um, get those people who are like, Oh, is this, is this real? Is this fake? You know, that's Scarlett Johansson. Like what's this movie about? That type of thing.
0: Like, yeah, but like what you do is like you, you obviously you'd have to stage it or do what they did in this. Like, you hire like like a model, you pick like it has to be someone like, oh god, how would you like? I've described it before this way, someone distractingly pretty. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I like, got what was the movie? It was with um, oh god, I don't remember the movie, but it was with the actress. I'm gonna call her an actress. She's like, like, oh god, it's not, oh my god, I can see her, but I can't think of her name. <laughs> the, the woman from Valerian in a City of a Thousand Planets. Kara Del Kara Kara Delavine. Oh, okay she, was, okay, she was in a movie, was based on like like a teen novel that I read, and I remember when they cast her. I'm like, that is horrible casting because she's distractingly pretty. Mm-hmm. Like it's the idea you have to hire an actress that's like distracted, like someone that's like should never be in that circumstance. Like they are too pretty to be driving their own car.
2: Yeah, unless
0: it's like a Maserati or a Lamborghini, they should not be driving. Like you like you do like gorilla stuff. be like oh have you like have like a gorgeous woman driving like a really ugly vehicle, being like asking the Scarlett Johansson like questions like like do you know how to get to the highway from here? Uh, no, I don't. Do you live alone? Do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> Would your parents yep. ever miss you? Um, something like that and be like and then like you put like as a YouTube video like have you like and you do it with, like all these different like just like gorgeous women mm-hmm. and that's how you do viral marketing. like oh, yeah. it's like three hours of of work not, or, or, or per actress, and you do it that way. you do it for like every like major city. you do it for like Los Angeles, New York, Miami, Chicago. Maybe not Chicago, um, <laughs> but you get my drift, and you do that like on like you do it like maybe you do it like in London, you do it like in Madrid, you do it in Rome, yeah, and that's a good yeah. way to do viral film like viral marketing um and it's like that's what you need for this that's that would sort of awesome, own- yeah, you need that sort of o own- that plays into this and, def- and guess what it could also tie in not to say the plot of the movie, but as we know there's other other motorcycle men.
2: Mm Hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So, uh, but yeah, that's that's the thing that that goes on in this movie where they do like she approaches these men. They do something like that because that's a very unique premise of like we all like we all can imagine like if you're like I imagine at least some point every woman's life she's been walking down the road some or not the road but like walking down a sidewalk anywhere and some guy like rolls up in a car just thought to be like Hey, baby, you lost." Yep. Like for a woman, that's a very relatable premise Yet for a dude Like a dude's never been stopped Walking down the street by a gorgeous woman has been like, do you have a girlfriend? Like that's mm-hmm. never happened once <laughs> Ever, that's never happened In the history of the world Especially by a gorgeous woman And so like that's a clever idea And I think in what you do is They also elevate it in this It's the idea that like, okay, you have this going on And I think that's why the movie loses some of its momentum The further it moves away from that Mm -hmm. because that is such a tantalizing concept yeah yeah and especially how that eventually like like we've already mentioned she captures two or three guys they turn into a skin ribbon and then she picks up the last guy and so do you want to describe this sequence Rob
1: so uh, she's uh, late at night on the prowl as she usually is and she she's looking for men as once again this one this one stood out to me at least when it gets set up, because in the previous ones, she's driving <coughs> excuse me, she's driving around, and she will uh, you know see someone on the street and just kind of you know turn the car near them and honk at them, get their attention some way. This one was is a little different because she's out late at night, and I think she sees someone walking, she pulls up to a side of a street. And just kind of waits there. Like she rolls the window down and she just stops and waits. And as soon as this guy comes into her line of, or field of vision, she says, you know, excuse me, I, I'm lost or am I going the right way or blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's really well done because first of all, when the guy goes up to the car and starts talking to her, you can't see his face, but you can clearly understand what he's saying, which is a big win for me because I could not understand any of the previous Scottish men. With all the like, some of the clips we're gonna have to put in here. It's just like gibberish to me. <laughs> <laughs> like I have such a difficult time understanding. I think we've talked about my problem with accents before, but man, the Scottish ones are some of the worst for me. I, I I cannot comprehend them. But this guy, it's very dark. He has a hood up; you can't see his face, but you can understand what he's saying. Uh, he's going to the grocery store, and she eventually convinces him, like, "Oh, it's on the way. Like, get in, and you know, you can drive with me." And she sees he has the 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 hood up, the big jacket on. I think she cranks the heat. She's like, "Let me turn the heat on in the van." And then he removes his hood, and we see that he is deformed. His his whole face is is um you know maybe, well I wouldn't know for sure. Maybe some form of elephantitis. You know, it's not as bad as the Elephant Man, say from the David Lynch film, but it is clearly deformed. Um, do you know by any chance what condition this is? Did you look that up at all, Zach?
0: Um, it's uh, they, they mentioned it a couple times in in the behind the scenes stuff.
1: Oh, okay, okay,
0: and okay, motorcycle, blah blah blah. Uh, for the man with disfigurement, Glazer did not want to use prosthetics t- to cast the role. The production team contacted the charity Changing Faces, which supports people with facial disfigurements. The role went to Adam Pearson, who has neurofibromatosis. Okay. Has worked in television productions. Pearson's suggestions about how Johnson's char- Johansson's character could lure his character were used in the script, which was a very specific moment in this film, which you can tell 100% was something Adam Pearson brought to the film. And sure. maybe one of the most heartbreaking moments in the entire film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, as Scarlett Johansson, um, I think she she starts to talk to him and say something like, why are you going grocery shopping so late or something like that? And he says, you know, it's so there's not as many people around because they're ignorant. And then she just, I think, goes right into, you know, do you want to look at me? Do you think I'm pretty? Do you want me to touch you? Do you have you touched me? When's the last time you touched a woman? And and, you know. Like Zach said, you can. I think you can see, you know, in this interaction between these two characters, that this is a very emotional, you know, probably very personal scene for for um, this type of setting. Um, and you know, it even ends when she's like, "Oh, I have a place that's you know not too far from here. Do you want to come with me?" And he nods yes or something, and it shows the very close up shot of his hands laying over each other, and he's pinching himself to make sure that it's not a dream. It's it's so well done.
0: Yes and that's the exact moment I was referencing earlier the him pinching himself scene. And I'm like that is such a touchingly heartbreaking moment because it's yeah. like like this it's it's this I I'm using this Not in a negative way but this pathetic person and he's finally having like something that he never would have experienced before. Mm-hmm. That's it's so funny is that like for it's it's a shot in the movie, and this is probably where the candid and the stage stuff is blended. This is the perfect moment where it's just like you, you can't even differentiate the two because clearly yeah. it's being filmed as if it's candid, but, like we already laid out, it was clearly staged, and you can't tell the difference.
2: Mm-hmm. And you have
0: again this exchange between the two of them, which goes on for like what at least five minutes or so. It's it's not a brief sequence.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's the one out of all the men that she seduces that gets the most attention you know with the exception of the um the beach scene which is a little different but at least from the ones of her in the car with people yeah it's the longest
0: yeah and so you have that back and forth and she's kind of like, again it's a whole, like would you like to touch my face and he touches her face and, she, and she's just kind of she she, obviously she knows how to seduce men and she's picked this guy who like i said Pathetic's not the right word, but in the sense of In the universe of what this This guy never expected to ever interact with a woman Like that, before, mm-hmm. ever And the whole idea, even like how Rob kind of How the scene's set up, that he's walking down The road, and how most guys Kind of approach the van, she approaches Him,
1: Yes, yes,
0: and that's What catches his attention And you do have that kind of unfolding, because the very first Time I watched this, with my, my sketchy bootleg I didn't know He was deformed, it wasn't until oh. I got oh. The Blu-ray because I, I guess whatever version I had It was just so like tinted that
2: sure I couldn't yeah. see
0: anything So I didn't even know And as Rob knows, I don't think I've ever mentioned it on here I might have, but my pathological fear Of the elephant man Which <laughs> I'm slowly getting over I think I'm almost yes. over it now Rob knows my pathological fear of the elephant man But, I. and so I saw that like The first time I ever watched this on Blu-ray I'm like, oh no oh no what did i get myself into (laughs) oh yeah oh the movie the movie got a whole nother layer on to it beyond the ending (laughs) and i'm like oh my god i'm like nope nope can't look at the screen um so like like i said folks the the elephant man pathological fear thing it runs deep like it it goes back years but no it's like i really didn't know what to make of it is time gone has gone on it's become like my favorite sequence in the entire film and much like We've already kind of touched upon that final shot of him Just pinching himself mm-hmm. it's just Oh man it's, it's so perfect Because it's so believable yet it's Clearly I don't want to say it's the most staged thing in the movie but it's clearly The most probably one of the more orchestrated moments In the entire film yet It feels the most like a candid Shot
1: yeah yeah
0: And that's where I don't again can't not to bring up The point of this again but it's like how on earth Do people not talk about this
2: yeah, like, exactly. Like
0: this really does feel like a landmark in filmmaking. Or or this kind of new like era of film, especially like we live in the like the, the YouTube era where everything has to be like grounded in some sort of weird like realism.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, yeah, exactly. This,
0: this, and yet, this movie was able to sit there, and capture both of the, these things perfectly, and it's done so masterfully. It's like this is almost like the Citizen Kane of blending candid footage and staged footage <laughs> at the same time. we don't, like, we completely overlook it. It's just, yeah. oh god. But yes, that scene with the foreign man, it is just um, uh, to a T. Like it is, everything about it is so perfect.
1: Yeah, it's it's great. It's really great to watch. It's artfully done. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's where the film becomes more and more of a a station. Because, like we said, she could she lures him to her little dilapidated house. He starts to go into the to the uh, the black ooze, and then like we eventually see like he disappears. Right?
1: Yeah. She. I think the next shot we see is he's under there, under the ooze or whatever, and then she comes running down the stairs with her clothes on and yeah. sees the mirror.
0: Yeah, and then that's she has her moment of like reflection, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, both both. Uh, Figuratively and literally, <laughs> and the next thing we know, like she's like she she's walked away from the van. Like she's she's not disposed of the van, but she's kind of disregarded the van. Mm-hmm. And we see him running naked through the countryside.
1: Yep, yep.
0: And then we see the motorcycle man like chase him down in the field, like knock him out, throw him into the trunk of a car, punch a window open, and mm-hmm. as we, somebody. And that's another part of the thing that like, again. The candid footage disappears But it's all that sequence for the most part Is shot from like a neighbor's window Yes Of yes. like grandma looking like peering through the blinds And it's like oh god It's so good It's like yep. it's great Like it feels like you're there <laughs> You're watching something again. It feels like you're watching something that you shouldn't be privy to
1: Yeah that sense of realism is on point
0: Yeah and then like we start getting to things Like we see her like oh god Like at this point she's in the restaurant right
1: yeah, I, I think it's um she goes to the restaurant, then she leaves the van somewhere, and then she's walking and she meets the guy. Yeah, I think that's the order.
0: Yeah, because he like tells her. It's like it's like the bus is gonna be here in like five minutes.
1: Yeah. Do you wanna describe the cake sequence, Rob? Oh, the cake the cake sequence is great. I think it's like the, the polar opposite of the cake sequence from the second Matrix movie. Do you remember what I'm talking about, Zach? With the, <laughs> with the, with the, with the, the vampire dude, and he's like, I'm gonna, he's like, this woman's gonna eat some cake, and she's gonna <laughs> orgasm, but this scene, it's like, this woman's gonna eat some cake and spit it out. Like, it is the complete opposite, and it's great. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay, before, I, I
0: want to touch on this again. You have to make a note to remind me of this. Or maybe we'll get into it right now before we get into the cake sequence. Is it like, We all take Scarlett Johansson for like granted for just being like a bodacious actress. Like she can act. Mm -hmm. Like we kind we still kind of like I don't want to say she's still like a sex symbol the same way she was like in the mid two thousands with things like The Island where she was just like glorified eye candy. Mm -hmm. And like we've seen her like plus Scarlett Johansson's been around forever, but it's the whole idea like she is such a like all in team player
1: for this movie. Oh yeah it's great
0: Like there's no like like I like to like As I was rewatching this in the scene where she lets it Not to go back to the deformed man part where like she's like Do you want to touch my face And like she lets him touch her face Like I was thinking about other actresses that are like on the same Like star power level as Scarlett Johansson and I'm like Can you imagine like someone going up to Brie Larson being like we want This man with Neurofibromatosis to touch Your face she would say And I quote and I know this for a fact Get him the fuck away from me. (laughs) Like, there's no way Brie Larson's like, that is not coming near me, never mind touching me. And like, someone like Scarlett Johansson's like, I'm game, it works. And I think that's another aspect of this, her is like an actress ingenue that she doesn't get credit for. That like, she's just like, you know what, I'm game for this. Like, think of all the actresses in Hollywood. I just, I pick Brie Larson because she's the low hanging fruit right now when it comes to superficial actors. But it's like, can you imagine like like okay, where are some other like actresses like in their thirties? They're like at that same like Scar jo level, like mm. okay, who else is out there like who like, like a big like actress now? I'm like Amber Heard. Like Amber oh, Heard okay. too would be like, get away from me. Like, oh oh you're gonna have the deformed man touch me. Uh uh-uh. uh, call the agent up. Declined. No thanks. <laughs>
1: CGI that in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's what I mean. Though, it's like Scarlett Johansson, and going back to the cake sequence, it would be the whole idea of like, can you imagine like any other actress being like, oh, so I'm gonna eat the cake, and then I'm gonna be like, what, like spit it into a napkin? No, you're gonna legit like throw it up onto the plate.
1: Yeah, like cough it up, and you know it's gonna like the frosting is gonna get stuck to your mouth and your face, and it's gonna. Topple out under the plate and under the tablecloth. Oh yeah, it's not pretty.
0: <laughs> no, like it is a very real world. Somebody like having a problem, like like yeah. eating something, and like it's almost cat like. Almost like and the yeah. thing, like how she's kind of like heaves it up, and like I said, can you imagine someone like Amelia
1: Clark being like,
0: yeah, no, I'm not going to do this.
1: Yeah, that that's a really good one. Yep.
0: Like someone again, like I said, not again. She's. Again, I'm not saying Amelia Clark is like a Brie Larson. Nobody is Brie Larson except for Brie Larson. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like so someone like that that's like really like, like has like can more or less do what they want within reason
1: mm-hmm.
0: and doesn't have to take a role like that unless they want to.
1: Sure. Yep. But yep. yes.
0: All right, Amelia, we're gonna have you when you can't moderate your voice properly, we're gonna have you heave up a piece of cake.
1: <laughs> no. I'm gonna eat that whole thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> with a fork. Yeah. And then wipe my face with a napkin afterwards. Or um now I now I knew who I was thinking of. I was thinking of uh Emily Blunt. Emily oh, Blunt's another okay. another one be like, no, I'm not. That's who I was thinking of the whole time. Emily Blunt. Gotcha. Emily Blunt would be like, nope. Uh-uh. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. She's gotta maintain her image for all the Mary Poppins sequels that are gonna come out, right? <laughs> yes. The
0: funny thing is that that Mary Poppins movie, like I've crunched the numbers on that so many times, and I'm convinced Disney lost money on that. Okay. Like that movie, like the rule I think this is a tangent, but like the rule of thumb with a movie it has to make two and a half to three times its budget to be profitable. Yeah. It had a hundred and thirty million dollar budget and it only made three hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide. Mm. Like, like it made less money than the Han Solo movie did Oh wow And it's weird because like if it wasn't for the fact that like Black Panther and Infinity War came out the same year Like we'd be talking we'd be Like that's like a Like it didn't cost them like a lot of money yeah. But like they They're lucky if they broke even on it Like in the short term
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's
0: weird that we don't talk about that Especially like how we all worship the ground That like Lin-Manuel Miranda walks on like, yeah. like he, maybe a Mary Poppins sequel with probably the most popular guy on Broadway involved, and it didn't, it did not break even.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah,
0: that's nothing we don't talk about. We don't talk about <laughs> under the skin enough, or the fact that Lin Manuel Miranda is not as good as the pop culture likes to think he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, so many hot takes on the cinematis. See, folks, that's what you get after a month of no recording. So many hot takes. <laughs> All
1: the hot takes.
0: <laughs> We're back after Infinity War drained us.
1: Yes, yeah, we've re- revitalized
0: ourselves. Uh, a peek behind the curtain, folks. When Rob was eating his King's Hawaiian rolls and almond butter in uh, Endgame, that's how he would eat it. He'd eat it and he'd like dry heave it back up in between uh, moments. <laughs> that's what the oh, guy... that
1: guy that gave us a lot of weird looks. <laughs> oh yeah, that's
0: what that guy was looking. He didn't care about like the almond butter. He saw like some guy like dry heaving like almond butter. Which might have just been the dry butter itself. It might. It might not. It actually might not have been anything alien at all. It might have just been eating dry bread and like even drier condiments.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, right on.
0: So yeah, the cake sequence. The only thing I gotta say though is like the cake sequence. They have her how they that is shot. Like I know there's like a reaction from like patrons. Yes. But how they have that scene shot? She's shot with like her like back to a window, and there's mm-hmm. nobody else in the shot when she's like vomit like. Heaving it up. Yeah. So I have to think that had to be staged.
1: Okay. I could see that.
0: For or, it's, sure. or it's not as candid as like her tripping on the sidewalk and a bunch of people helping her up.
1: Exactly. Maybe something like they um they caused some type of commotion in a restaurant to get some candid footage and then they staged her, spitting it up maybe in a in a and not as public setting. Is that what you're thinking?
0: I I don't know. That whole thing like that's where it does seem like hundred percent staged. Like okay. even like the reaction, because like the reaction it's kinda like one of the first things I ever learned when it comes to like dissecting films, like anytime you see like an actor like playing a musical instrument, notice how they never have their hands And their face in the shot at the exact same time.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And this feels like the equivalent of that, where it's like, yeah. oh, she's dry heaving up a slice of cake, there's nobody around her. And then the mm-hmm. reaction shots do not involve her at all in the frame. it's like, oh. And I'm like, don't get me wrong, like they, they might have attempted it, it didn't work. I think if somebody starts choking, it probably going cause a lot of commotion.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Especially like with like with like again, eventually like if you start choking in a restaurant. People are going like to come up to you like to the face and be like, "Are you all right, ma'am?"
1: Yeah, and you're going to be like, "Do you live alone?" <laughs> <laughs> I see I see you with your family over there, but do you live alone? <laughs> do you have a girlfriend?
0: <laughs> oh my god. I think we have our dish now for the Samodies restaurant.
1: The do you we- live alone cake?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it makes
1: you vomit.
0: Or it okay. gives you an or- how about this? It has one or two options. It either makes you vomit or it gives you an orgasm.
1: Like it's a coin flip. Which one do you get?
0: <laughs> Pretty much.
1: <laughs> you have to
0: hope whoever the chef is that day is in a good mood.
1: Oh, that's perfect.
0: <laughs> that, that's what it's called. Does do you live alone? And it's the orgasm cake or it's the uh, do you have a girlfriend cake? <laughs> that's great. Oh, God. God. Um. Yeah. Okay. So we have that. We have her then walking down the street. The guy's like the bus is going to be here in five minutes. She gets on the bus. One of the more comical scenes in this, and I mean this like in an unintentional way, mm-hmm. is that like the guy from like the bus stop is on the bus with her and he's like, Are you alright, miss? And the bus driver's like, leave her alone, man.
3: I think something funny,
0: Chase yourself, after. Leave the
1: last of the Oh, yeah. We get more, like, incomprehensible accents from the bus driver. <laughs>
0: and the bus driver is essentially like, leave her alone. Stop hitting on her. He's like, ma'am, it's cold out. Do you, would you like a coat? <laughs> the bus driver's like, knock it off. <laughs> and then they just end up leaving together, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I think it's just funny, though. I like, imagine, like, like someone should do a cut of this movie. Every time Scarlett Johansson's, like, luring a guy into her van, insert audio of the bus driver being like, knock it off! <laughs> <laughs> she that's don't great. want no attention Yeah <laughs> Yeah I'll have to insert some clips of that cause That's Like that's where like, I started Like that's where like again the movie gets Really dry at that moment where it's mm. like Okay nothing serious Has happened in a while It's like where is this going
1: Yeah cause then, then right after That's when we get like I said I called it earlier Them the guy and Scarlett Johansson playing house Almost where you know they eat Food or at least he prepares food. Uh, They watch something on TV. She gets a space heater in a bedroom, you know, that type of thing. And then what, they go to a castle and, and she doesn't like heights or doesn't like wind or something like that. Oh, yeah, very, very. The pacing slows down even more than we've been discussing it. And we get, you know, very, very kind of basic things. Yeah. At one point he helps her like over a puddle. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she he carries her over a, a puddle and then they just keep walking and that's the whole little shot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like you said, they like they go like to the castle and it's like okay. Like that's the only thing. Like I know we're setting like we're trying to like establish like ambiance here. I get mm-hmm. that. But like having like him prepare dinner for her and them going grocery shopping does enough of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Like I, I get it. You wanna have development of her like like experiencing like the real world and all these things. I get that though. But like you gotta trim some of that. Like the, like you're you've made your point. Let's move on.
1: Yeah, just get to the scene where they start to have sex and then Scarlett Johansson has to <laughs> inspect the downstairs, you know? <laughs> just get to but, that.
0: Oh yes that's that's another great moment in this. Is that like the weird thing though is, that, like, she's, like, a, like in the process of being seduced, like, she, it seems like she's being, like, I don't want to say aroused, but she's intrigued by what he's, like, about to do. Yeah. And he, like, goes down there, like, below the waist for her, has a problem. I think that's the easiest way to explain it. Mm-hmm. And she, like, pulls, like, and I love, it. like, oh, my Lord, it's a great visual. This is the sort of, like, thing that, like, like if I ever get my own, like, apartment or house, I'm going to have this, like, fr- like, like, a frame still. Like, <laughs> I want the shot of, like, pulling the lampshade off a lamp and, like, holding <laughs> it to your crotch.
1: Yes. And then she when, she when she's done, I guess she just, like, throws the lamp onto the ground. <laughs> and the guy behind her in bed is, like, okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, like, yeah, it's, like, it's it's great. Like, it's a, it's so weird. <laughs> Oh, like, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, there's, like I guess we should kind of explain on cinematis. It's like, there's so many, like, different avenues, like, Gonzo can take. Like, you have the ending of this movie, which is Gonzo. Mm-hmm. You have Gonzo, like, freaked. And then yeah. you have Gonzo, like, staring at your crotch with a lamp. <laughs> and yeah. the best part is that there's no nudity. Like, there's nothing... Like, you don't see anything.
1: No, no, yeah. It's definitely... It's all, you know, just... Uh, you get the idea of what's going on. That's it. Ex- Nothing's shown. Yep.
0: Exactly. And like that's where again, like I said, there 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 should be a shot of like somewhere in the Museum of Modern Art of that. Like that should be a shot. Or at least like, like a little video screen in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um so you have that and she gets like and she what? She didn't leave she leaves.
1: Okay, this is one thing I've always wondered. Does she leave him or does she just go on a walk? That I I I'm also unsure of it because I if I remember correctly, it's, you know, the scene with the lamp happens, she drops the lamp on the ground, and then just, boom, she's out in the mountains walking, or out in the woods, or wherever she is, and she encounters the logger. So I have I have no clue. With the way she looks, it seems like she's kind of leaving for good, but I'm yeah. not sure if, if she is even aware of, of like, that concept of, you know, like, do I go back to that guy? I, I've This is the part that I feel, you know, I'm the most, you know, unsure on, where it's like, does she think, you know, something bad happened to her with that guy? Does she think, like, did the guy kick her out? Because it's like, what the hell's going on with you? Like, you're not a, a human or whatever? So I'm not sure. I'm not sure overall. It's just the next thing we get is, like, the little last scene of the movie, almost.
0: Well, yeah, I think the whole thing is, like, she's supposed to be, like, isolated. I think that's the whole thing. Is, like, oh, she realized, like, again, prior to that, like, she is part of, like, experiencing the human condition. And hmm. yet a fundamental aspect of that having sex she can't do so i think once again she feels that she's isolated
1: and okay. i think
0: that and that's why she disappears like into like you said the woods sure and she eventually goes and like hangs out like in a log cabin yep yep and like even prior to that, like Rob said like she encounters the logger the first time and it's like the most like like again it's it's supposed to be the the mere opposite of like what happens in the beginning of the film
1: oh where- yeah i really i really love that when the logger's like oh you're out in the woods are you alone? Are you gonna get lost? And I'm like, yep. The the stranger danger is coming back. <laughs> do you have a girlfriend?
0: <laughs> and and like it's like okay. Well, clearly he's gonna do something to her. Mm-hmm. And then they go again. She like wanders the woods, finds like what like a like a coat. Did she find the coat like inside the log cabin or something.
1: Yeah, something where she can you know kind of bundle up a little bit more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She goes into the log cabin. She like passes out.
1: Yeah, that's then, a good—now that you're saying that, it's a good— makes sense. I've We've never really seen her sleep ever. It's like she's constantly in her car driving around with men or looking at her body, but then she supposedly falls asleep or whatever her, she needs to do in this scene. Yeah,
0: and so you have that— like, the logger, like, wakes her up, the same <laughs> logger. She goes, like, running out of the cabin, like, runs away, and, like, he's somehow, like, inexplicably— you no, know, he has—she has, like, a nice, like, head start. He catches up with her. Tries to like rip her clothes off, obviously, to rape her. Mm-hmm. And as he rips her clothes off, he like in the most probably shocking scene of the film if that can even be said at this point. <laughs> he like rips part of her skin off. Yes. And I'm not just talking about like he gets like a handful. Like he legit like starts, like it's not even rip off. I guess like he tears the seam on her like human skin.
1: Yeah, and it, the way that it looks to me is like her skin is falling off of part of her back like it's old wallpaper, you know? Like it's yeah. it's lost some of the adhesiveness and it's just peeling off from the top and hanging on by threads at the bottom.
0: Exactly. And so again, we can't describe this properly. We really can't. And there she starts like like he sees this and like like it's completely just like Shh. oh my god. He's like oh, what what he isn't saying. Like this is there's no dialogue. For like what? The last what would you say, God, like the last, like, 30 minutes of this film is, like, no dialogue?
1: Yeah, yeah, because he sees kind of Oh, I'm what- sorry,
0: yeah, 15, okay, yeah, I forgot about that. the last 15 minutes or so, yeah.
1: Sure, but he he sees what he's done, like, how her skin is ripped, and he just kind of freaks out and runs away. <laughs> he runs
0: away, and she sits there, and, like, her face, like, everything, like, basically her upper torso kind of just, like you said, kind of, like, unravels off of her. Yep. And, like, she stares, like, like in, in, I guess her alien form is like, it's like a black. Oh God. Okay. You
1: try describing it. It's, it's definitely humanoid, but yes. it's, it's featureless. Like there's no emotion on the, like we don't see, it, you can, has a little bit of like an g- eyes, nose and a mouth going on, but it's facial expression doesn't move at all. And it moves very kind of slowly, but with purpose, you know, like it's, it's peeling the skin, Scarlet Trance's skin off of it. And it's doing it very methodically and then it just kind of picks up the head and looks into it but with nothing. It's just kind of like... I don't know, it makes me think of like a mold for action figures before they put any of the paint or anything on it. Like it's just a, a blank slate, mannequin type of thing.
0: Yeah, mannequin yeah, mannequin, yeah, mannequin. Yeah, like, almost like a space black, an inky space black mannequin. Yet yeah. It seems like... Maybe because I have the Blu-ray version, I'm looking. I have a little bit more definition to it. It looks like the black face is almost... It's starting to. What's the word? Assimilate some of the Scarlett Johansson facial features. Some, like you okay. can, t- like it looks like a much more, like almost like a feminine head.
1: Okay, okay. Like
0: where if you wanted to make it very, very gender neutral, which is the reason why we'll get into next week with Annihilation, because that's gonna play a role into it. There's, sure. there's a. Re- I guess I should say, under the skin in next week's topic or discussion, Annihilation could be used as a double feature. It might be the ah. first time we have a Cinemaddie's double feature. Right on. Or, I'm sorry, late night double feature. <laughs> because there's a sequence at the end of that film that involves something very similar to this, which you can see where, again, I won't give too much away for that movie, but you can see where it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense, in the sense of like where one is feels a little bit more gender-specific, gotcha. where one is clearly gender-neutral.
1: Okay, okay.
0: And that's why, and again, like Rob said, this black mannequin, is staring into the Scarlet Joe. It's holding the Scarlet Johansson face in its hands. And the Scarlet Johansson like face is still like blinking, right?
1: Oh yeah. There's definitely clear like facial movements in it. Absolutely. It's still
0: animated. Yeah. It's still animated. And the next thing we know, and it's staring like we get like we hold on this for a good couple of minutes.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause like it's funny, it doesn't go on for a while but it seems like an eternity because it's just like what the hell is this movie devolving or not even like i don't want to say devolved devolve has like a, a stigma attached to it is a word but like it's like where the hell is this going yeah and yep. then the next thing we know the loggers shown up again with like like a, a can of like what kerosene or gasoline yeah Dows- highly flammable yep D- douses her in this highly flammable substance lights are on fire as she like you have this. Oh my lord! I Again, I don't know how to describe it. You have this black figure, like wearing. It would seem like like three or four different layers of like almost overalls, but without like the shoulder the shoulder straps. Where yes. it's like it's the it's like the blue jeans. It's. Part of like the the like the blouse, and then part mm-hmm. of the skin like all dangling below like its like abdomen as it's on fire like walking through the woods until eventually it just kind of like incinerate it's it's completely engulfed in the flames as it collapses into like the middle of like a snow
1: clearing. Yeah, it is so visually intense and visually stimulating. Like I love the ending, the last scene with her running. I, I think everything from when the skin comes off, it's just so intriguing to look at. Oh yeah,
0: like it's and that's yeah. Okay, I'll get into I'll get into my 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 feelings at the time about that. But okay. yeah, it's really there's really because like even the behind the behind the feature uh, the behind the scenes stuff on the Blu-ray is actually pretty good. Like it's about like an almost like an hour's worth.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: was hoping they would delve into that. And the only part of it they delve into is the location they found because they made a very big point of like when they originally um imagine that scene they had it almost like happening like in the Garden of Eden. They were looking for like almost. Oh God! Um, yeah, I guess Garden of Eden. As they want to be like a gorgeous locale. Okay. And everything kind of falls apart for her there. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess. I guess this is me thinking of this, not them. The idea of like, oh, like she's in the Garden of Eden, And she's being kicked out. Sure, and, that, and that's what they were kind of going for, I think. Then like they're like, no, we want to go for a more like harsh environment. Like okay. her, her life is a living hell And she can't escape it, No matter what she does and She dies in flames mm. And so like, the only part They talked about Was like Oh they want like, They found like I don't know Like a painting or something Of like A forest clearing Where it's like You can tell like Everything's being like Like the trees are being like What they call it Clear cutting
1: Oh sure sure
0: And then it just stops All of a sudden There's nothing there And apparently went nuts Looking for a location like that And this was the best They could do Okay And apparently the logger The guy who plays the logger Was the owner of the property Ah, oh, interesting, and that's kind of the only context they give on that scene. Oh, hmm. Like I should, okay. I should say too, the bonus features are also really weird. Like it, it's it's funny. The Blu-ray that's all that has. It has like like ten little like featurettes that are like five minutes long, and but they're real they're shot in a very like stoic. Like way where it's like it's almost like It's almost like it's like like what you imagine the bonus Features what this movie would look like it's very like Inhospitable it's like oh we were making this Movie it's just like very like Dry um, Inorganic feeling where it's just like Very machine like Yeah it's it's, it's really weird Like it really does add to some of the weirdness Like into the movie it's (laughs) like like they're explaining The movie yet in a way they're not
2: Mm, mm-hmm. Like the
0: ambiance they're trying to set up Is really kind of like oh like you're explaining Things but you're making it more unsettling In the process Yeah, Because <laughs> I know there's even one point where like, they're explaining It's like oh god it's like it's somebody who's done Some like graphic design with stuff They show like the like, dozens of designs they had for like the poster and like it's it's like this weird like disembodied voice describing all the different like incarnations of like the poster and the artwork they had and it's just different cuts of like the, the like there's only like one poster for this but they had like dozens of designs for it and they're like I, and it's just it's so weird like it's it's I've never seen so much discussion over a movie poster before yeah <laughs> especially one that's not like like a star wars or back to the future or jaws mm-hmm. and yet like they're spending so much time on it but they're doing it in such an unsettling way it's it's weird maybe maybe i
4: don't know maybe it doesn't have the same
0: impact if you don't see all the poster designs but maybe we'll try and insert some of a clip of the bonus
4: features in here
0: might be yeah, hard sounds to cool that.
4: i think that from the very beginning he wanted to work with this with that that face the root of that image is a frame graph from the film he wanted to use the image, so I just stuck with the image and then and then we just moved forward from there. The very first conversation we had, he's like, I'm like, I'm telling you, I don't have a lot of time. I'm like, look, in order to get to something that's appropriate for this film, and not just kind of an esoteric, you know, pretty picture, because it's not that difficult to make a pretty picture, but in order to make something that is authentic, you know, genuine and appropriate is a lot more difficult. And so, I was like, look, I'm gonna fail a lot, but I just decided right then, I felt comfortable talking to him, just 10 minutes after talking to him, that I would just send him everything I did. Like I told him, I, I said, you had 10 years to make the film and I had 10 hours to make the advertising. And we, and we just kind of quickly went through, it. I think it was like I just worked all weekend and." I, Yeah, it's very quick, but, you know, very intense days, and there's not that many different versions, but there's a lot of iterations of this, uh, you know, of a particular tangent, let's say, and then there'd be another sort of move, and then there'd be a a million versions of that. There's only a a handful of other clients that I have that I'd be able to get, you know, something like this with. Mika was like, she was telling my wife, like, oh, the poster's everywhere, and, 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 and it's pretty amazing because no one's drawn a dick on it yet. <laughs> that was her measure of success. It was like, it's successful because no one has drawn a dick on a poster yet.
0: But no, so like getting back to the ending, it's like I remember the first time I watched this. It's like okay, it's it's a weird movie. Like at that point, like I'm watching it for the first time on my shady bootleg, and I get to that ending, And I'm like, like it was a Racerhead level, and that's where I, I re-watch, I've rewatched it now like three or four times, and I I don't think it holds up as well as a does. Like you should like I watch a now, and I'm like, yeah, well I'm not sleeping tonight. That was <laughs> sleep was a, sleep was a nice concept there <laughs> for a while. Um, I watched this and it is it is unnerving In certain parts still
2: mm-hmm. But
0: the first time I watched that ending I was just like, wh- I, like Again blown away is not a strong enough Phrase it was sure. just it, it is there's nothing quite Like it and I think that's why it, it Automatically brings me back to Eraserhead yeah. and Especially it's the idea that again it's Scarlett Johansson man like it's it's a she doesn't get enough credit for giving such a chameleon performance in this. Yeah, yeah. like because again, you do Brie Larson, you do uh, Emily Blunt, Amelia Clark. I think part of the thing with being an actor too is that you have to kind of like dissolve into a role. Yes, and like I, I, like I've already showed Rob. I think Rob watched. I sent it to him today. A new trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out today. You watch that, and you know you're watching Leonardo DiCaprio. Hmm. There's never a point, like, in a Leonardo DiCaprio movie where you forget you're watching him.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Like, everybody loves him as an actor. He's, like, one of the very few true movie stars that we have left in the culture. But, like, he cannot dissolve into a role.
1: Yeah, you're always going to be aware of who you're seeing and what else he's done and what else you've liked him from and what people talk about with him. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and then you have Scarlett Johansson that you would think. Again, she's a sex—she was a sex symbol. I'm not even sure if you're allowed to even use that term in today's— uh, yep. <laughs> culture but it's like She is a sex she was a sex symbol and yet She ble- like, there's a moment where she Peels her skin off Turns into a black space A space black alien monster Looks at her own like floating Like quasi Skinned off face decapitated fa- I don't know what you would even call that Gets lit on fire runs through the woods And yet not one point of that It's like huh I can't believe that Scarlett Johansson. You do not think of that at all while watching that sequence.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And again, I, I, that is the mind-blowing part of this that comes after this, the initial visceral shock of, good lord, what
1: am I watching? Absolutely, absolutely.
0: I like to imagine we should have, much like we have the, uh, the walk-around characters in the Cinemani's restaurant, we should have that as a walk-around character.
1: Ooh, that would be good. Like, with the, the skin... Comes off more and oh, more as the oh, as the yeah, oh, yeah. night progresses.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh definitely. Like it's kind of like, you know like like you like they have um I don't know if they do it anymore, but it used to be like if you went to like different like rest, kind of like I guess a Chuck E. Cheese, and like the kid would start crying, like like someone would come out like the mascot of the restaurant. And oh like yeah. it's okay. I'm Mister So and So. I'm your friend. Like give the kid a balloon or something. <laughs> like make the kid laugh. Like, I guess it's almost like the, yeah, something like that.
3: We We got we got, yeah. we got pizza! What more? you, ask more. We love you I love you,
0: kid. It, this is the exact opposite of that. Like if you hate your children, we you <laughs> ask and we bring out this character, that will terrify your t- Your child comes out of the <laughs> restaurant scarred for life. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's great. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're thinking of a name for the character, but um, we'll work on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like if we don't name it, then parents Even- won't be able to specifically say what we did to their children in their complaints.
0: So I like... Just-
1: Stays as this as this weird, vague, weird like vague entity.
0: <laughs> I like that even more. It's kind of like nobody knows what it is. Like rumors start getting out. Like oh, we took our kid to this place, and like we we don't, we don't like our kid that much. And we scared the living bejesus out of them. Like oh, what'd you do? This thing just came out of the woodwork. And it just it just walked by and scared the ever living daylight <laughs> out of our kid. It's like oh, how do you do that? Do you like call ahead? No, it just shows up.
1: It just happened. <laughs> I, I like
0: that as an idea. We don't have a name for it. It just happens. Yes. <laughs> like, like, people call, like, like, the local, like, like uh, radio station calls up. and It's like, hey, we're doing a story on this. Can you tell us more? It's like, we wish we could. We have no idea what it is ourselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not, on, that thing's not on the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> Might just be an artifact from all the crazy, like, <laughs> things we try and whip up in the kitchen. We created this being... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it will ask if you have a girlfriend though at some point. Yes,
1: definitely.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: Um, yeah, so that's
0: that's under the skin for the most part.
1: Under the skin, absolutely. So we've already said that it's a cinema I think for all the reasons we've discussed so far. Yeah. Um, but while we're while we're on the topic, I think we should get to one of our um, existing questions with snacks because we've already talked about, this character that may or may not be involved with the restaurant scaring children, which is always good. We have a cake that's either going to make you vomit or orgasm. Who knows? It's up to you. I had one other snack idea that I wanted to pitch at you, Zach. I don't know if you had any more, but are you ready for it? Um, uh, I'm ready. Okay, so this comes from, I believe we've reached the term skin ribbon for this. Yeah. So this comes from the scene where the guy, his, his guts and stuff. Uh, you know gut uh, slurry you know comes out of him and he's just like skin ribbon he's just a shell of a human imagine if a human could perfectly you know shed all their skin kind of like a snake but even keeping like the head and stuff intact so now my next question to you zach is do you remember austin power's gold member and he would eat his dry flaky skin do you remember that scene in gold member <laughs> I
0: don't. I've only I've only seen that
1: movie like once. Oh sure. And uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I think there I'm pretty sure there's a scene in that movie where they like go back in time or whatever to encounter Goldfinger and he, they're in his like lair and he's he's trying to get information from him or something, and he like peels part of his skin off from the back of his hand, I think, and it's like a big flake of dry, dead skin. And he says something to like one of his cronies to be like, Get the box, get the box for me to put this in so I can save my dry skin. But before the box can get to him, he eats it. And, like, Mike Myers is Austin Powers. And I think Beyonce's in that scene. They're all grossed out because he ate his dead skin. Ooh, hello. I went to be here. That's a keeper. Yes. Put it in the skin box, please. For the I'm peeling. Oh, that's just disgusting. Quickly.
3: Quickly, thank you. Shave me from myself. You're insane, Goldmember. <laughs> and that's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. She and the
1: sunshine band. That, that's my pitch, Zach. You can eat a whole skin suit, basically. It's very dry. It's very <laughs> salt heavy, I would imagine. Can't be much nutrition, but it will be cleaned to some extent. It's not like you're getting, oh. you know, a dirty, a dirty skin suit or anything like so that. So it's almost like so you keep it like in a brine almost? Uh yeah, maybe that's a good way to do it. You know, uh, cure the skin suit. And you get a cured, like it's almost like a um like a, a giant piece of human prosciutto
0: oh (laughs) i like we have all these terms on cinemates we have skin ribbon neck cozy um we all this, all these new we're breaking new ground when it comes to terminology
1: yeah i feel like you need to you need you go to the restaurant you get the menu and then you need to pull out your phone and have like you know, a Reddit forum about all the people who have been to the restaurant before trying to figure out what things on the menu actually are.
0: <laughs> how like poisonous and lethal they are to you if you yes. order them.
1: Yes. It's like, these are the foods that you'll get and you can eat and you won't, you won't be that worse off. But it might happen. These are the foods you're going to order and not get anything to eat. <laughs> these are the foods you can order and you will most likely be hurt when you eat them.
0: <laughs> and so far only we have the spreadsheet that details everything in the restaurant.
1: Yes, yes, we're gonna consistently moderate that Reddit forum and shut them down at every turn, so no one can know.
0: <laughs> Is there a, it's basically just a whole game of disinformation. Like if they get too close to us, we gotta kind of, uh, oh god, spike the punch bowl and make sure they could kind of get get the yeah, tra- uh, the, sa- the scent off our trail.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah, saying it that way makes me think of it. It's like some strange backwards form of like introspective corporate espionage like we're we're trying to like you know make our customers less aware of our materials
0: (laughs) i like to imagine like on the cinemati's restaurant like menu we have like testimonials and one of them like somehow david lynch makes it to our restaurant and says something like i don't know what the hell these people are up to (laughs) (laughs) that's like our proudest testimonial we have no idea i I have no idea what the hell these people are up to
1: (laughs) definitely that'd be great (laughs) oh god so, did you have any other snacks for the restaurant?
0: No, I think between the cake and the creature walking around the restaurant.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Um, I like the cake. The cake is that's the low hanging fruit. But I'm gonna run with it.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that too. Especially the the uh, the randomness and the uncertainty we've added to it.
0: <laughs> That'll also be the the item if we ever end up doing the Matrix films. We'll have to make a note of that.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Whenever we get to those, <laughs> whenever we get to the Wachowskis
0: yes which so, we should eventually
1: oh of course so i guess before we go on to what we are replacing our cinemotides talk with uh i think this might be a pretty quick and easy one you want to talk late night for under the skin
0: oh yeah um ah uh, the only thing i gotta say though i know this is this is kind of the rob aspect of it is that like late night movie it gets real dry mm, for a mm-hmm. solid thirty 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 five 30 35 minutes and that might put people to sleep. Because like, the last thing you want to do is... like, like You're watching this for the first hour. You're intrigued. She starts playing house. You like doze off for like a half an hour. Wake up to her like running out of the cabin. Yeah. She like, pulls
1: her face off. Gets lit on fire. Boom, end of film.
0: And it's like, oh, what the hell did I miss?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good point. Concern. I, I think that I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I was thinking of something along those same lines. The pacing of this certainly could... Uh, be a pitfall as a late night movie with, you know, whoever you want to see it and possibly even yourself to fall asleep uh, if you become so familiar with this movie or maybe accepting of it. But I think I'm going to take something Zach has said before, and I definitely think this is a late night movie if you know your audience. I definitely think there are some people who are on the same like kind of wavelengths of looking for strange movies that Zach and I like to discuss that we could get someone to latch on to it for a late night movie. Now, will that prevent them from falling asleep during the slow part maybe not but if they're into it in a certain way maybe you know it could be something where um some of the discussion or, or something like that keeps them going through until the end of the movie so i think this is i'm kind of in the, on the fence but i think it's if you if you know someone and you think they're gonna like it you think they're gonna latch onto it like have zach and i have then i would say yes for a late night movie but you're you're right zach it's it is perilous to say the least
0: yeah, because like it reminds me. I remember this was
1: years ago. I remember when
0: I showed my mother. I remember one like weekend I came back from college, like freshman year, and I showed my mother uh Mulholland Drive*. Okay. And this is probably one of the best examples I have of a late night movie with like somebody who's not like in the same orbit as I am. Mm-hmm. And like she was watching it, and like that's a god, like a two and a half hour long movie. And the problem is that like very similar to this, there's a portion of that where it slows down.
1: Yeah oh yeah
0: And like it, it's still weird but it's not like Weird weird with a capital W mm-hmm. And it's like okay and the problem is that You do lose some of that momentum Whereas something like the reason Why like Eraserhead is considered like The ultimate cinematic is that like Oh it's 80 minutes long And it never slows down Yet somehow exactly. slowly it never slows Down yet slowly amps up the whole Time as well <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and that's why it's like again, like everything like every cinematic, and this is gonna happen a lot in this series, because everything this is all pure cinematities. And the razor head as of now, and I I doubt it'll ever be seriously challenged, is the purest of the pure cinematities mm-hmm. because it's like this does need it needs uh, I know what they're going for because I don't think it's fat, but like it needs to be tightened.
1: Yes, yes. There's
0: a difference between fat and tightened. And that's that's where I feel like okay, you cut some of the castle stuff out, you cut out because you do need this stuff like like all you need basically is him making her dinner like like they go grocery shopping, he makes her dinner, um I don't know he maybe maybe like like she starts to, like wash the dishes and he does it for her some scene of like intimacy to show like he's not like. Malevolent. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Then, like, oh, like she tries to, like, she, she, let's say she sees something on, like, like, as he's cleaning the dishes, she sees like someone having sex on TV, like he's on like, some movie in the background, and she figures, oh, that's the next thing we do, and then mm. that's where you do. Like, you do not need the castle scene. Yeah, yeah. You can you can still have just as much of an impact without the whole like five minute long. I don't even know, the castle is probably what five minutes long, if that. I think so. And that's why I think it is. I think you could tighten this movie up a little bit. And I think. Yeah. W- what's the whole idea? Uh, less is more. Hmm. Hmm. And that's where I think I, I, again, self-indulgent, maybe.
1: Sure. Sure. But as we
0: know, with a razor head, you you gotta keep crazy sustained. Like if you're yeah, gonna absolutely. do crazy, right, you gotta keep it short and sustained.
1: Yep. Hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And that's my thing with this is that, like, it, of course, it's a late night movie because uh, it does it checks all the boxes. But I do feel that it's not as perfect as it could be.
1: Gotcha. Like, I I, it,
0: I think I'd have to agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's not again. It's it's not a racer head, but for a film made in 2014 or 2013, it's as close to a racer head as we'll ever get.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, for a, for a more recent movie to be as strange and as you know um, intriguing as this one was, that's a great find. Starring a
0: uh, blockbuster actress.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's 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 literally it's maybe one step away from perfection.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So, with
0: that being said, Rob, because we we agree that's a Cinemaddie, but we cannot leave our audience hanging. We cannot deprive them after ninety minutes of talking <laughs> of even less Rob and Zach discussions. Where are we going go, where are we could do just special for this series?
1: Well, for this series, um, Zach and I, when we were planning it out, we realized that um, since we've buckled down this year and really tried to get the Cinematics restaurant running efficiently, we have some disposable income. And we decided, well, what better way to offset all of the damage that the restaurant has done? What better way to uh, suffice that than to try and fund a local school, maybe any local organization, a theater program for them? And we had the thought to ourselves, well, if we're going to we're going to sponsor a theater program, we better have some say in one of the plays that they get to put on. So Zach and I have decided to use this series as a way for us to take these pure cinemodities to describe, I think, to some extent, how we would want a a live version, a play, a a stage production of them to be handled. And then we want to see if any high schools, groups, uh, I don't know, prisons maybe, want to (laughs) take us up on our offer, take our donation, have a theater named after us, maybe Cinemodities Theater or something like that. Cinemodities Auditorium. That perfect. I like that. Auditorium. And the first play that they have to put on has to be one of our pure cinemodities from this month. Is that a good way to to think about it, Zach? I think so. This is like our community service to some extent. (laughs) So um, I think this is something Zach and I are going to figure out as we discuss it to some degree. Uh, But now we would like to go on and say, well, what would a high school or a low budget stage adaptation of Under the Skin look like? And I don't know how detailed Zach went into his thoughts on this, but with how strange this movie is, you know, this pure cinemodities, I didn't really, you know, try and break down, you know, specific acts or things. I'd rather, I, I more looked at it like I took main concepts or shots or scenes from this movie, and I tried to think of how it would be done in a stage, on a stage. The first thing that hits me is it would be very strange to watch this movie where you always had, like, a fixed frame, you know, because there's a lot of close-up shots of people's faces and stuff like that. Imagine if you always got to see the whole screen. (laughs) It seems very weird, you know? But that's how I approached this, Zach. Did you... Were you thinking something similar, or did you have, like, a... Did you write the, um, like, the screenplay or whatever? The script is ready to go?
0: (laughs) No, I didn't get that involved with it, though. And to give our audience a little bit more context, was that I think, oh, God, like, a month and a half ago... It came out there maybe two months ago that like a high school in New Jersey did like a stage production of the movie Alien, Ridley Scott's 1979 Alien. And it became kind of viral for a couple of weeks where like I think eventually like Sigourney Weaver and Ridley Scott even went there and watched it. And like it was a legit like a full-on like high school production of that film where they actually had like the xenomorph, they actually made a xenomorph costume. They actually did the chest burster scene. And and weirdly enough, all the parents were like 110% into it. Which, which might be the most Oddly enough in a high school production Where an alien burst at someone's chest The parents being into it is the weirdest part of the whole thing <laughs> Yeah yeah. So I remember pitching the idea to Rob In our, uh, our most famous episode That's never been released The elves discussion <laughs> I said Rob wouldn't it be great that if we were in high school Chances are the one thing we would pitch is doing a live Production of elves And at some yeah. point during the production like One of the parents is filming it and just turns around to one of the other Parents is like what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we guessed that would be most likely during the sequence of the tape going on the door for like oh, the yeah. seventh or eighth time. And so we figured, oh, this is a clever idea for the Cinematis restaurant, or at least during the pure Cinematis series.
1: So those are the things we would want to adapt. We we would take our Cinematis and adapt them. Things that were split on, things that we don't think are Cinematis, we're leaving them off. They don't get play adaptations, at least not from us. <laughs>
0: No, no, no uh, total recall play, even though that would be an interesting <laughs> one uh no, so basically I like to say that like I remember when I was in high school and like even though they only did this a handful of times like they would force us to watch like a high school play mm. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, at the end of one of these, people were like, oh, that's incredible. They're doing such an incredible job. And I'm like, no, this is a bunch of kids doing it. Like, yeah. like I'm not talking about production design. Like, I'm just talking about, like, at no point in this am I ever buying the illusion. Like, there is, there is no illusion. Like, this mm-hmm. is clearly people playing dress up. And so I think there's a Rick and Morty bit, I think in one of the later episodes or one of the more recent seasons, where Rick and Beth go to, like, Fuzzy Doopy Land.
1: Oh and yeah, and, and
0: we'll insert the clip here. But they go to like a uh, uh, oh my god, like it's like a recreation of like what happened to the person stuck in Fuzzy Doopy Land, mm-hmm. and that's why I imagine all high school plays are like it's just like people are trying, but it's not working. I have lived here
1: since I was a mere child.
3: We know. Got it. I
1: suppose you're wondering.
3: How do I sustain myself? No, we aren't. I always find the theater
1: is the best way to clarify things. Seriously?
3: Oh my god. Players, go. I am Little Tom. I am Tiny Beth. Come with me to my magic world. Don't do it. This is my secret floopy land where I have no rules. I am excited. I am jealous of Tommy's friends, and it's Nintendo. And his dad likes him. I take it Tommy wasn't class playwright. Do you want to see the honey swamp? Yes! Let's Do it! Well, I want to see you dead. Ow, help! I'm stuck! I'm covered in honey! Huh, well, that's interesting. Fake news. Many nights have passed, trapped in this strange land. I am hungry, and all I can do to pass the time is hump. I will hump this rock. I will hump this tree. I will hunt this beast of the land, and put my seed in it. I am the first of Tommy's children. Eat of my flesh, so you may survive. And so I did. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Certified fresh. Good good job. Yeah, and I'm sorry
0: for any theater Broadway kids in our audience, though, but like, you know what, th- those applause at the end every time you did a performance, most of that was pity or just stupid people guffawing.
1: <laughs> Much like or my, they were all applauding for the one or two people that actually shined through, throughout the performance. <laughs> sure, let's call it that.
0: Much like how I insulted our audience when I came to the office, If if you <laughs> thought that applause was genuine, don't fool yourself now that you're an adult. <laughs> so we've so I imagine doing the theater production. I imagine the most like, oh God, like amateurist performance ever. like the only thing I know for certain I have in my performance or my stage production of of under the skin, there's going to be a cardboard comically sized, inconspicuous white van.
1: I I, I am so glad, Zach, that we are 100% on the same page. That's definitely why I was saying low-budget, you know, high school production before, like we've talked about. Um, The the big comical white van, I absolutely agree with you. I want to take it even a step further. And every scene where we have the motorcycle people, like, driving on the roads at night, I (laughs) want kids in, like, you know, like, in boxes. Like, they got the boxes around (laughs) their waist. And they're just like running across the stage going <laughs> like they're, they're just literally making the motorcycle noises. And it's just like, oh, you know, the maybe the deformed person gets away. And then we get a shot of just one kid quickly running across the stage going. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I imagine something similar to that, but not a cardboard box.
1: Okay. I mean, you know those
0: things they give like they give the kids like it's the um, like the little like fake pony head. Like the kids can like, oh. can, like they're a cowboy. Yeah. It's that, but it's a motorcycle. I don't know how you would be able to do that. Maybe it's like a handlebars that you hold on to, maybe.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. like one uh, flashlight to it for the headlight or something. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Like a little headlight. Like you get like off a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah, That's
0: essentially what I would have in mind for that. It's like, it has to be so... Comical, and I guess the key word is it has to be jarring. Everything has to be like if the kids' acting isn't breaking the illusion, the props have to be doing it as well.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely getting that you know, really cheap vibe from thinking of this play and with the vehicles in in particular.
0: Absolutely. That's that's the key facet here. like it has to be like in, in, in much how we joked how like Scarlett Johansson just blends into the performance. The person playing Scarlet Scarlett Johansson, you have to pick the the most pretty, ditzy Oh God! Um, just full of herself, like girl in the school. It doesn't matter if she's in the like in the drama club. You just have to mm-hmm. find her in the school. <laughs> give her the worst wig possible, and just say, "Pretend you're trying to seduce men into your
1: your white van." <laughs> Ask literally everybody <laughs> if they live alone. Like that's your only
0: line. <laughs> <laughs> that's your what's my motivation? Do you have a girlfriend?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: That's essentially what it is. And I'm trying to think like what would the deform I didn't like you like what, what they do is they actually go and get a real like they find like a homeless person that's deformed. And then you bring him into the play every week and, and the, the lead actress again, actress has quotation marks. <laughs> every week they, she has like it has to be you hear it, like before that scene happens, you see like the deformed guy with the hoodie or the hood walking down like the the street or the stage, and you hear the argument with like the drama club teacher with the act with what the, the the pretty the, the the popular being like i don't want to do this again we told you you have to or you're a flunk but i don't want to go <laughs> near him he smells <laughs> And every single performance you hear that arguing going on
1: that's awesome and then i'm just thinking that like you know the um the the dude the that they bring in the homeless dude for this is just like constantly stealing all the kids lunches <laughs> and stuff like that and it's just like and it's like, we don't need him here. <laughs> People don't understand the play anyway. <laughs> oh, I guess I'd say
0: instead of pretty, it's more superficial. I guess say. not pretty or like Ditzy. It's super you're the most superficial girl in the school. Sure, sure. Find yeah. the Bree Larson of the high school.
1: Would we would we make all the other men that she picks up, like would we make them like just scream nonsense to imitate the accents? <laughs> Like we have kids be like, what's our line? Be like, you don't, you don't have to, you know, say anything. Just make sure it sounds like you're, you're saying something with your voice and just respond when appropriate.
0: Something like that. Cause right now I want them to know, cause it's summer as we're recording this. Somebody is outside my house just screaming, ah, ah, ah. And it's oddly very appropriate.
1: I think that should be a scene in this too. So at one point someone's just screaming, ah, for no reason. Go, look at look at this. OK, whoever. This is our first pure cinemodity we're pitching to a school or a prison or wherever we said we're pitching these this donation to. But look at that. Zach even has actors lining up outside <laughs> of the house getting ready for this production right now. Like if you if they were not taking us all the superintendents that are out there listening to our podcast of high school <laughs> or school districts, you better take this seriously. OK, people are lining up to perform in these. Think of the money that this is going to bring to the school. Think of the... It's still happening right now!
0: (laughs) I need to get the microphone near the window, so hopefully some of this is being picked up.
2: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Gold. He's he's hired. He's the one. No, I can't
0: keep going. No, he said they were down there. Folks, if you just saw what I just saw, you'd be peeing your pants laughing right now. There's somebody there is it's not a guy, it's a girl leaning out the car window just screaming something. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I might yeah. have to go chase this person through the neighborhood and be like I need you for my production Do you want to be Scarlett Johansson <laughs>
1: This is, this is working on so many levels, because now I feel like this podcast, we have some candid podcasting where you just film someone on the street. You know what, folks? I think they might have just said, do you have a girlfriend?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want us to point out, this might be a real-world example of life imitating art. We're talking about a woman in a car asking men questions, and literally right outside my window, the thing just happened.
1: Oh, that's too that's too good. <laughs> this this might be
0: surreal. Like I, is the matrix broken? <laughs> like that is surreal. We're talking about the idea of a woman being in a car asking questions, and that literally happens outside my window while we're recording. Like this is the sort of thing that would happen five minutes afterwards, and I get angry the rest of my life that I didn't have I wasn't recording. It somehow it happened during the call.
1: Oh my oh, god! I can't but wait yeah. till we get to Dead Alive, and you got the Sumatran rat monkey Falling <laughs> at your door. <laughs> and there's somebody with a lawnmower just mowing people down.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't know how to top that. I think that's exactly what we. You know what? We had our first casting session.
1: Yep, we are serious about this. Okay, everybody.
0: <laughs> and so are the ingenues. They they are they they somehow know before the episode is even released. Never mind fully recorded.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They are that up on the uh, Cinemodities news. <laughs> oh man, we're hitting it big, folks. We're hitting it big. That Mark Cuban check is really starting to pay out. Yep, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Um. Oh God, Rob. So with that being said, uh, under the skin, any any other final words?
1: No, I think uh, I think you know, with since it's the first of our pure Cinemodities, uh, it gets a strong recommendation. Not necessarily as a late night movie, but if you're into the crazy stuff that we talk about, this as we've fully detailed is one of the greatest to watch it really has that payoff of what we're talking about with cinemodities and um and it finally we finally got to it i feel like this has been one of the first things i think you put on your your list of things to talk about over a year ago and we finally got to it so right on i'm glad we did and i'm glad we gave it enough time to uh and i could see it plenty of times and fall in love with it like i have so yeah right on
0: yeah I think I remember telling Rob when we first like, started doing this It was like we can't, we can't pick the best flowers first We gotta leave some of them like for later on Because like, if we do all of our favorite things first We'll be like we'll, we'll kick ourselves We're like oh man we really didn't give that the justice it deserved Or we didn't yeah. really think about that in a proper way And uh, yeah now after doing this for like a year and a half
1: We can finally
0: uh, start delving into Some of the more uh, Out there things that we really kind of thought about Over the years
1: Yeah absolutely, absolutely.
0: Alright Rob so how are we going to end this episode?
1: Well, oh, there's so many. Well, now we have audio from our first casting call that we can play in reverse. Um, the nightclub scene we didn't mention it, or really the rave scene, I should say. They play uh, Sandstorm, which is probably the you know most recognizable techno oh, dance yeah. song. Yeah, I forgot. So about we could play that. that in reverse. Uh, the other thing that comes to mind is that while this movie is titled Under the Skin, there is an N. Superiority Complex song titled Under My Skin. Uh-oh. they don't they don't really have anything to do with each other we could play that in reverse so i think it's going to be a big mishmash of stuff all all thrown in the great reverse uh blender that we usually do and and people will listen to it as always because i I know that everybody sticks around even if they don't listen to the whole episode they they zoom in to the last or scrub to the last 30 seconds a minute just to hear what we play backwards right of course <laughs> so yeah i think uh i think we can we can uh, see how that sounds